0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I see you shiver with anticipation.
1: You are now listening to the Unscripted Ohio podcast. Brought to you by Buckeye Grove and in part by JFQ Lending. All your home purchase and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. You'll never pay for your appraisal with these guys. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. For the latest news, notes, analysis, and discussion, check us out on buckeyegrove.com and follow us on Twitter at UnscriptedOhio1. Now. Broadcasting from Podcast Central, a place that is not his mother's basement. Hey, Ma, we get some meatloaf. We promise. Here's your host, Kyle Lamb. Hey, Ma, the meatloaf.
2: Yes, I do feel the anticipation. It is palpable, it is almost here. We are just three days away from the start of the 2019 Ohio State football season. Good Wednesday. I am your host, Kyle Lamb. This is the Unscripted Ohio podcast on BuckeyeGrove.com. And we are brought to you by our title sponsor, JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. So please get right over to JFQLending.com. If you have any questions, shoot them an email. Uh, Their staff will be more than helpful. I promise they will help you through whatever questions or issues you may have with your mortgage and refinance needs. We are also supported by GoBus. Ride to over 40 stops across Ohio. Connect rural communities to Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. The three C's. Get to Ohio State games this fall with GoBus and bring comfort back to traveling. Check them out at RideGoBus.com. So, anticipation, a couple days away from the start of the season. Uh, Is this the most anticipation you've had for a quarterback debut? That's a question I posed on Twitter on Tuesday. I'm kind of curious. So I, I gave four, uh, four different options, four different possibilities for the most anticipated debut, and I should qualify and, and issue a caveat here, because I used the four, Arch Leischer back in 1980, uh, Terrell Pryor's debut back in or 2009, I mentioned Dwayne Haskins, that was last year, and then Justin Fields beginning this year. Now, I should also, like I said, I should qualify this. The Haskins debut was not really his debut. He had played before. He had been in the program for three years. Um, you know, he, we saw him in action, of course, in spots in 2017, and, and a big spot, actually, you know, towards the end of the year in the Michigan game up in Ann Arbor when JT Barrett got got hurt, and Haskins came in to the rescue in the second half. Uh, you know, that game, there's a good chance that Ohio State may have lost. It's not necessarily that they couldn't or wouldn't have come back if Barrett had not gotten hurt again. And if he had continued to play, maybe they still win the game. But the way the offense was struggling in that moment, Haskins obviously did change the complexion of that game and came in and won. But still, I mentioned in the, in the tweet that you know, I I called it a debut just because there was a lot of anticipation for him to start. It would has, it was going to be his first start as an Ohio state quarterback. And there was a feeling that, you know, he was about to take his game to another level and boy, did he ever, you know, we're talking almost uh, around 5,000 yards passing and 50 touchdowns. Yes. uh, He did take his game to another level. So it's fair to call it a debut, even though it wasn't technically a debut, uh, but so Justin Fields, though, you know, th- there's, there's certainly the buzz is palpable. There's a sense that people are really, really excited and really intrigued to see what he does Saturday and what he does going forward. The thing I will say, though, I, I feel like that the buzz and anticipation we were feeling in the spring, you know, just, just in interacting with you folks on Twitter and on the message boards... Um, I think the buzz has, has died down just a little and I I attribute some of that to the mediocre spring game showing and it's un- unfortunate and unfair probably because, you know, if you think back to last year, you know, despite the buzz for Dwayne Haskins starting in the spring game last year, Dwayne Haskins did not look good. He was nine of 19 in the spring game. Joe Burrow outplayed him. Um, now, That doesn't mean that Joe Burrow should have started and should have stayed at Ohio State. But the the thing was, he did outplay him in that game. But it is just a spring game, and it was just one game. But it didn't really kill the excitement for Dwayne Haskins because I think people took into account that it was just a spring game, and we shouldn't read too much into it. But for some reason, I feel like people were being extra hard on fields for his performance this year's spring game. And I think with some people, it has killed... Some of the buzz, uh, not all of the buzz, but some of the buzz. And I feel like we're um, while there is still that that wait and see approach and there's still a little bit of excitement. I think that people are just kind of like, OK, I need to see it first, which is which is a perfectly healthy dose of skepticism. OK, I think that it's good that that you not get too high or too low about things. Uh, we should all be taking a wait and see approach because until the, a, a football team gets out there, and we actually see what they're going to do, you just never know for sure. And that that goes for even almost sure things like Clemson and Alabama. There's still a little bit of a wait-and-see approach, especially with Clemson. You know, I know Clemson has a ton of talent there. They've got a great offense coming back, but they do replace a lot of talent on defense. But anyhow, so Justin Beilds, um, you know, let's wait and see what he does. But the talent is still there. You know, Ryan Day... And some of his teammates all fall long have been raving about this guy as a runner, as an athlete. Kevin Wilson said on Tuesday uh, he may be the most electric player with quarterback with his feet that he's ever been around and coached against or coached with in his entire career. Uh, But the good news here is Ryan Day made it a point to say, hey, look, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what Fields can do as a runner. But don't forget about his passing, too. You know, he, he said he can pass it just like he can run it. And and that's the thing. Well, the the consistency is going to be key. Can he be consistently accurate? Can he, uh, you know, not turn the ball over, not throw interceptions? All those things are going to be things that you should wait and see. But they're there. He's talented. He was a five-star recruit for a reason. He was right up there in the rankings with Trevor Lawrence at one and two. You could some some would argue at the time they were 1A and 1B, and I'm not ready to give up on that. You know, despite how great Trevor Lawrence looked as a freshman last year, I'm not ready to say Lawrence is going to be better than Fields long term. He might be better, he's further ahead of the development curve right now, but let's wait and see what happens. You know, maybe in three years, Justin Fields is right there with him. Um, but it's it's exciting, uh, you know, like I said, as debuts are concerned, this is up there. I, there was a lot, of, a lot of hype around Terrell Pryor playing in, when he got to Ohio State as a freshman. Uh, I, I, I can only take this, I can only take people at their word when they say this, but those that were alive with, with the Schlescher debut, you know, remember, the internet didn't exist back then, there weren't really recruiting services, but it was well known at Ohio State and with fans in Columbus and around the state that Slisher was, if not the best quarterback in the country, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and so there was a lot of, a buzz when he arrived on campus. And I've been told by, by my dad and some of my uncles and 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 some of my family and their friends, um, I, you know, I've been reminded many times at how big of a deal that was when he got to campus. So I I can't really compare them for myself because I was not yet born, uh, or I was just a little itty bitty baby, but he was definitely a big deal for Ohio State. So I'm going to put Fields up there with Pryor and Schlesier. And as I said, if you want to include Dwayne Haskins like I did, just in the fact that he was debuting as a starter, I think I would put that up there as well. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Ryan Day does with this team, specifically with Fields, because he's throwing out a lot of hints that they are really going to try to protect him. Now, I don't know if that means, you know, every time he runs, it's like, okay, run straight for the sidelines and get out of bounds within three yards. I don't know if it's going to be that extreme, but there is a concern. And then there's an awareness that Fields and the, you know, the next guy, Hoke, there's a, there's a big gap there. There's a drop off. And I'm not saying that they can't win big time games with Gunnar Hoke in there. I have no idea. I can only go by the few passes he threw at Kentucky and some highlights I saw on on YouTube. <laughs> that doesn't make me an expert at, at quantifying what Gunnar Hoke could do if he is the quarterback at Ohio State. But I will tell you, common sense prevails in that he is not as good as Justin Fields. So they do need to keep Fields healthy. I think there's a danger and trying to be too protective of a guy you gotta you got if justin fields is talented as we know he is and we hear all these stories what he can do with his legs as well as his feet you got to let him play just a little bit okay you can't go out there and and you know you can't treat him with kid gloves you got to let him go make plays and win football games but there's there's a time to do it if it's you're up two touchdowns in the second quarter and it's it's a meaningless i don't want to say meaningless but it it's a relatively small leverage second down situation second and 11 and you're scrambling there's pressure okay that's the time where you either get down and slide or you get out of bounds okay don't take a hit in that situation but higher leverage situations if you've got a star player you got to you got to have you got to turn him loose and and let him make plays in my opinion i don't like to treat a guy uh, you know too overprotective and that's when you get him hurt is when you're trying to be true protective. So I want to see what fields can do and they have to be cognizant of the lack of depth and a lack of big time backup quarterback that can fill in, you know, 2015 for as poorly as it went with, with the starting quarterback controversy, there was at least some kind of satisfaction and some kind of contentment knowing that if something happened to one of the quarterbacks, there was another one you could bring in and you'd be just fine. You know, if JT Barrett went down or Cardell Jones went down, you had the other to bring in and there wasn't much of a drop-off. But you don't have that situation. You don't have that luxury this year. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how Ryan Day treats it. Um will be a lot of fun, as I said. Very, very anxious not only to see Ohio State start this season, but also Justin Fields specifically. How will he do This season as the Ohio State starting quarterback, we know he will have at least two years as a starting quarter quarterback, barring, you know, any kind of injury, of course, because he he cannot jump to the NFL until after next season. So we know we're going to see him out there for at least two if all goes as planned. Um, So. All right. So I want to switch, you know, on the show on Monday uh, this being our second show of the week, we've got another show on Friday. By the way, so a couple of reminders there, a couple of network reminders. We've got the Scarlet and Great podcast coming back again tomorrow for their second show of the week. They will be every Tuesday and Thursday here on the Unscripted Ohio Network. We also have the debut of the Gridiron Game Time podcast, College Football with Shane Larson. I really hope you'll give him a listen uh, he's really excited and pumped about this. I'm really excited. I'm really pumped about this. I think you're g- enjoy listening to him. He's he's really good at what he does. He's been running his own podcast for several years and, and the guy, you know, is, is a very, very entertaining listen. So hope you'll give him a chance on the Gridiron Game Time podcast tomorrow. So the way it's gonna work is we'll upload uh we'll upload the Scarlet and Great podcast in the mornings and then he his podcast the college football podcast will come later in the afternoon. So, two for the price of one on Thursdays. Next Tuesday we've got the Dog Days podcast coming around with Chris Drew. So, if you are a Browns fan, uh you'll have a weekly Browns podcast here on the network to listen to as well. That's going to follow the same format Scarlet and Great will run Tuesday mornings. Dog Days will come Tuesday afternoons. So, very excited about all of that. Later this week, I'm going to have uh Kevin Noon, publisher of Buckeye Grove, as well as Ross Bolton, analyst of Buckeye Grove. We're going to chat about the upcoming game this week, and also the uh, we're going to preview the season as a whole, and then I'm hoping Kirk Barton will also be on the podcast, and uh, Kirk and I will will chat about the season as well. So very excited to preview the Ohio State football season the rest of the week. I'm sure Corey and Johnny have some more stuff coming up tomorrow on the podcast. It was great to hear, because I had... On Monday, of course, I was talking about the Ohio State-Mount Rush War. And thank you, by the way, for all of you that chimed in on Twitter and and got into the conversation. That was a lot of fun. There was a lot of nostalgia there. It was great to talk about some of the old Buckeyes. And Johnny and Corey uh, went on the podcast yesterday on Scarlet and Great. And, of course, they also continued the conversation, gave their own picks, and discussed it some more. And Johnny... Johnny Bullet, my man, went above and beyond and trolled Corey Hardcore. I got to thank Johnny for that. I was really excited. I put him up to this. Uh, Corey was going bat s crazy this week over people that were putting Craig Krenzel on their own Buckeye Mount Rushmores. Uh, Craig, um, for all of us, we are fans, but Corey is a hater. Don't hold it against us. We we respect you. We think you're a great guy. Corey apparently just thinks that uh, you're crappy, and um, you know he would sooner send you to the pound and put you down. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, so there were some people putting Krenzel on the Mount Rushmore Buckeye route. Mount Rushmore um, replying on Twitter to that conversation, and and Corey was not a fan. So I saw an opportunity, and I took advantage of it. I had Johnny put Krenzel on his own personal Mount Rushmore list. And uh, I just sat back and listened to the hilarity as it ensued. And I was not disappointed. Uh, Johnny, I should give him uh, an Oscar for that performance. He sold it really well. He convinced Corey that he really wanted Krenzel on his list because Krenzel, quote, is a winner. And he just emphasized that point over and over and over again. So Johnny Bullet, you are my man. I commend you. If you ever decide to go to acting school, we will use this in support of your talents. Um, But another subject I did want to get into, uh, kind of taking the Buckeye Mount Rushmore to another step is, you know, I've been throwing out a bunch of tweets and and in addition to the anticipation tweet, which quarterback debut are you most anticipating? Uh, I also threw another one out, best linebacker of all time. And I thought this was interesting I threw out three names because Twitter would only allow four options and the fourth option I wanted to allow for an other selection because I want people to be able to list their own personal additions and and subtractions that that I uh, cannot get to because of limited space on Twitter. The three selections that I put uh, for best linebacker of all time I didn't go necessarily personal choice, but I went with the three guys I thought would get the most votes. Um, I left off guys like Randy Gratishar and Tom Kuzino from the 70s because, let's face it, there are probably fewer than 10% of you on Twitter that follow me are going to remember watching those guys play. Maybe I'm underestimating that percentage just a little bit, but I'm guessing it's around 1-10 in 10 or a little less. And Gratishar, by all accounts, from the way my dad talks and the way a lot of other people I know that watched him play, he may well be the best linebacker of all time at Ohio State, but because I didn't see it and because so few of you saw him, I didn't feel comfortable putting him on a list. You know, I I didn't think he would get enough votes to warrant his inclusion. So I went with Chris Spielman, Andy Katzenmoyer, and uh, James Laurinaitis. Uh, I I chose Laurinaitis over A.J. Hawk. I was going back and forth on those two, but I thought Laurinaitis might get more votes. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but that was just going on a hunch. Uh, You know, Spielman, everybody knows we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about him. I think it's pretty clear Spielman is probably the most notable linebacker of all time at Ohio State, and there's a good bet that he's the best. Uh, He had over 500 career tackles in three seasons, which is just insane. Um, he was a sack machine, a lot of tackles for loss. He actually, Interestingly enough, what surprised me is he actually had 11 career interceptions, which was the most out of all the group that I was talking about. That that kind of surprised me. Uh, Katzenmoyer is also a no-brainer. Katzenmoyer physically imposing one of the most crazy freak linebackers that we've ever seen at Ohio State. Um, he was the hardest hitter I think we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, He didn't have as many tackles as Spielman and some of the other guys, but he had over 50 tackles for loss in his career, had several interceptions, several sacks. The thing about him is he was so decorated. You know, coming out of high school, he was one of the most decorated defensive recruits in the country. And so when he arrived on campus, he, he got turned loose as a true freshman, and he exploded onto the scene. I mean, his freshman season was probably to this day the most impressive freshman year I've ever seen about any Ohio State player in my lifetime. Now, Clorette, Maurice Clorette, I think, also exploded on the scene in a similar way, but because he was battling injuries the entire year, his freshman season I don't think was as impactful as it would have been. It might have been up there with Katz and Moyer, but because of his injuries, he was not quite on the same plane. Uh, That's an interesting topic, by the way. Tweet at me at KYLAM8. If you have any other ideas for most impactful freshman by a Buckeye player in your lifetime, tweet that at me. I'd, l- I'd love to hear any um, any possibilities that I'm not thinking of that you might have. Most impactful freshman you remember as a Buckeye at Ohio State, as a freshman. Uh, please tweet that at me. I'm curious any other additions. I, had, I mentioned Claret. I mentioned Andy Katz Moyer. Would love to hear any others that you can think of. But going back to the linebacker, so Katzen Moyer was very, very decorated, freak athlete. Uh, I put Laurinaitis on there for this reason. Laurinaitis is the only the third three-time consensus All-American in Ohio State history. Uh, to me, that's a big deal. You know, I'm not saying that that makes him necessarily better than A.J. Hawk, but I think it, it it certainly warranted his inclusion on the list because of being three-time All-American. The only other two were Wes Vessler and Chick Harley, and we're talking over 80 years since those guys were consensus three-time All-Americans. Um, Spielman, by the way, two-time. Uh, A.J. Hawk, also a two-time consensus All-American. Andy Katzenmoyer was a one-time consensus All-American. All three, or I'm sorry, all four of those guys, Laurinaitis included, were three-time All-Big Ten selections. I will tell you, Laurinaitis, by the way, a three t- or a two-time defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, whereas AJ Hawk won at one time. Now, for me, what set this is actually I think a very close comparison between Laurinaitis and Hawk. Hawk had you know about uh, 15 more tackles overall. He did have 15 more tackles for loss. Uh, they were pretty close in sacks. Laurinaitis had more interceptions and forced fumbles. So I, I think that some of you replied with AJ Hawk being the best linebacker. Um, Others said, well, you know, Hawk was much better than Laurinaitis. I'm going to disagree with that. I think that there is actually a debate to be had there. I would take Hawk in a close, close race, but I think the two of them are very, very comparable. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I kind of liken James Laurinaitis to being uh, kind of the, the rebound girl or the rebound, you know, date, right? The rebound person. Because when you break up with with a boyfriend or girlfriend, y- you know you're you're you have a little hangover. You have a little lapse where you're just like constantly whoever you're dating next, whoever you're you're seeing, you're constantly looking for flaws. You're, you're comparing them to the person that you were just with, and I feel like with Ohio State fans, there's a little bit of that going on with James Laurinaitis when it comes to AJ Hawk. And that's not to say that AJ Hawk wasn't absolutely awesome. But A.J. Hawk comes in. He takes Buckeye Nation by storm. He's this great linebacker, goes off to the NFL, first-round pick. You know, he was a monster. I feel like James Laurinaitis was the rebound guy, the rebound girl. And, you know, people just, no matter how good Laurinaitis was when he was at Ohio State, that you were just never going to be able to see him be on the same level as A.J. Hawk, even if he was. And maybe you don't think he was. I will say this. I think at his best, AJ Hawk is more talented. But what I loved about Laurenitis is he did everything well. He was Mr. Consistent, okay? He was a sure tackler. He was always in the right spots. He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the strongest, but he just did everything well. You know, he 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 read the ball well in pass coverage, he got interceptions, he forced fumbles, he got sacks. I love James Laurenitis because I thought he was one of the most consistent players Ohio State has ever seen on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, at his best, maybe he's not as good as A.J. Hawk, but I think he was every bit as consistent and did everything well and everything that they asked him to do. And so I feel like Laurenitis is the rebound guy. He's he's just the he's the person that the girl can't, you know they're dating next but they can't get past the X because they're, they're trying to compare. And I think that that's what happened with Laurinaitis. I'm willing to agree with those of you that say Hawk is a little bit better, but I think it's a lot closer, a lot closer than some of you are giving credit for. Go to my Twitter account and, and in this thread, asking for the best linebacker of all time, I want you to take a look at the stats that I posted. The tackles for loss, there's a, bit, there's a pretty big difference, but everything else is neck and neck between Laurinaitis and Hawk. Not saying he's better, but he is a th- three-time consensus All-American, two-time defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. Um, I think that right there puts him in the conversation with A.J. Hawk. But I tell you what, there are so many guys that I didn't name, as I said, Gratishar, Cousineau, uh some of you mentioned Ryan Shazier, Bobby Carpenter, Marcus Merrick, Pepper Johnson. There have been so many great linebackers in Ohio State history. This one was really a tough one and an interesting discussion. Um, I'm going to do this more, by the way, the next couple days on Twitter. Stay tuned. I'm going to throw out some more polls and we'll have some more conversations as we build up towards the debut. The season opener, Ohio State, Florida Atlantic, noon on Fox. As I said, I'm very, very excited, by the way, about the Fox coverage. I think Urban Meyer brings a lot. I think Reggie Bush brings a lot. That's going to be a fun panel to listen to the rest of the year. So Ohio State, 27.5-point favorites. Playing FAU on Saturday, noon on Fox. I'm very, very excited. So that's gonna wrap it up for the show today. But as I said, we got a lot of busy a busy week ahead. Tomorrow, Scarlet and Great Podcast, Johnny and Corey, I'm sure, will get you ready for the Ohio State season opener against FAU. We've got the debut of the gridiron game time. Shane Larson will talk some college football and, and uh, recap the Miami, Florida travesty that was last week and preview all the big games here coming up in week one of the 2019 college football season. So Scarlet and Gray podcast and the Gridiron Game Time coming Thursday, a double dip Should be a lot of fun. I'll be back on Friday as we preview the season opener. And before next Tuesday, I'll have Chris Drew. That's either going to be Friday or Monday. Chris Drew will be along. We'll talk some Buckeyes, too. But he's going to get you primed and ready for the start of the Brown season. And uh, we'll talk about his podcast, the Dog Days podcast, coming up next Tuesday for its debut. So I'm very excited. Give me a listen. Um, Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Make sure you go to BuckeyeGrobe.com every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the Unscripted Ohio podcast. Please find and follow us by searching for Unscripted Ohio on your platform of choice. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. That's going to do it for me. I'll be back at you Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Bucks.
1: You can get new episodes of Unscripted Ohio on Mondays and Fridays exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Ohio State.